San Francisco, according to one small badge of a police station we see? Sure, why not? This is the Kill by Kill podcast where we're dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. That's right. We're going to unpack that heart-shaped box of candies called Valentine in the hopes that a girl you once knew in junior high school who told you to fuck off when you asked her to dance, that her untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes that we can make at her expense. And as always, there's only one person I trust that if I tell her to head to one side of my video maze, she'll go in that direction. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? I thank you for not mentioning anything about maggot-filled chocolates. No, I'm avoiding all the maggot-filled chocolates, and yet I don't think it is the worst chocolate box that has been featured on the show. I still think that goes towards the um, uprooted heart in my bloody Valentine. The the far superior Valentine's Day themed. Oh, 1,000%. And I would also put the 3D, the the My Bloody Valentine remake above this um, in terms of audacity, because that film knows what it wants to be. And I'm unconvinced that this particular Scream ripoff knows what kind of movie it wants to be. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely... You know, it's got its, you know, 80s slasher movie homage, mm-hmm. but it's got a little kind of a little, little bit of like reality show bitchiness amongst the characters. <laughs> yeah. Which sure. gets very tiresome after about the first 25 minutes or so. Yeah, I, I feel you there. Um, I, I don't know if I'm at that level with their interaction so much because and this might come as a surprise to people. This is Denise Richards best moment on screen oh uh, yeah yeah she 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 does some work with her left eyebrow <laughs> that is like far superior to some of our finest actors today i am not being sarcastic when i say denise richards is fantastic no she 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 knows what kind of movie she's making yes she absolutely. knows she she knows she's in a, a lurid campy slasher movie That like that like everybody else is taking very seriously. The problem with it is that Denise Richards has a very distinct through line from for this movie, and almost none of the other characters do. And it's kind of a bummer because it's not shot poorly. And I think it comes from partially that this comes from a book that they discarded everything but some of the bits and the title. Like, they just said, oh, that's nice. Throw that away and come up with a movie called Valentine. Why? Why? Why Why would you do that? Well, its primary issue, well, no, I shouldn't say its primary issue. It has a lot of issues. Yes. Uh, One one of its issues for me, there are too many blonde girls in it. Well, that's not fair because two of them are brunette and three of them are blonde and they all are about the same height. So you can totally tell them apart. Yeah, there's one that like keeps referring to herself as the fat one. Yeah. And she is no longer fat as an adult. And there is really no point to constantly referring back to how portly she may or may not have been in sixth fucking grade. And she and she and let me point out, she was not particularly remarkably obese as a sixth grader no and oh boy let's just let's just fucking get into it because 
Um, right from the get-go, you have this opening sequence, which is supposed to be, oh, this is the core uh, moment that causes the crime that must be revenged, right? Which is a, a very classic sort of trope that we've covered on the show. And let's just compare it for the sake of fuck-alls to Terror Train, okay? In Terror Train, you have a group of med students two guys who are in love and the girl who likes roasted peanuts and they decide that they're going to fool this geek at uh at a at a, a, a what the fuck is they have it's a new year's eve uh they're burning pyres <laughs> i don't know anyways they lure this guy upstairs and say hey you're going to we're going to have the sexy times together and then Jamie Lee Curtis does a creepy backwards and it turns out that he's naked in bed with a corpse. And he goes, Wah! and he does a weird spinny motion. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of does that whole, he does that whole, these are the party days. <laughs> he's winding up a crazy sauce. <laughs> and then you don't see him again until you discover that he's been the magician's assistant the entire time, which is a wild revelation that has multiple problems with it. Much it, like uh, much like the revelation of who the killer is in this one. Yes, but th I mean, that's the fucking thing. The way it's cut at the beginning of this, there's all these like, it's kind of a credit sequence, but it's kind of a flashback, but it's also information we need to know. But it's it does it in such a disjointed way where you're seeing snippets of this kid walking up and going, can I dance with you? And then it just fades to black and then it goes to a yearbook and then it comes up and a girl goes, no, fade to black. Like, why can't this scene play out? It just feels like to me, someone at the studio saw this and said, oh, you got to cut all that shit out. You just got to cut it all out. Make it look artsy. Make it look artsy. And they made it look disjointed and fucking weird. And it just, takes you out of any mood you would have it would only it would only add 90 seconds to actually have all of these scenes like play out one after the other uh, i'm sure jamie blanks the director here could have accomplished this task he's not a terrible director but some editor was just given the okay to like cut the fuck out of it and you can't tell what the hell's going on it's a real problem if i'm supposed to come away from this going this is a dark, terrible secret they all have. But again, they don't all have the same terrible secret. No, they don't. And and you know, up to the point where you know this kid gets caught uh, kissing this girl, and she just immediately just says, "No, up." Oh, he was trying to rape me. Which yeah. this is like this is like one of those things I I love about these kinds of movies is the kids in them are way shittier than kids in real life are. Yeah. I, I don't know that, I mean, how old are you in sixth grade? Like 11, 12? Yeah, about that. I don't know that a 12-year-old girl caught kissing a bo another boy, kissing a boy in her class would immediately revert to a, he was raping me defense. You no, know, it would probably be just run away and everyone would be embarrassed, but it would not be, oh, he was attacking me, even if prompted, which she is. But even still, it just, you don't. And also, 
how many fucking terrible guys in this entire world watch the beginning of this movie and go, yeah, that's how it works. It's like, oh, you don't want to put that shit out into the universe. It's just not necessary, everyone. Yeah, the movie kind of plays a little, it plays very fast and loose with, with they don't deserve this, but they kind of do. Yes. Um, and probably it is, uh, it's, it's such a weird and off-putting beginning to it because I, I wish they had just, it, like, it's one thing if they're either all involved or none of them are involved. But yeah, I mean the crime, the the crime that uh, and I've already forgotten her names, Lily Page, yes, and Catherine Heigl. Let's just call her Catherine Heigl. She's not in it very long. Yeah, um, yeah. why learn her name? She might as well be Catherine. Their 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 primary sin is turning him down when he asks them to dance. No, they're not. They're not very nice about it. No, but I mean, you know, we've all been turned down by someone in a not very nice way. And we don't spend the next 15 years of our lives be applauding murderous revenge against them. <laughs> That's right. Listen, I had my clothes stolen from me uh, uh, when I was in PE clothes. And yes, I had to walk all the way home in my PE clothes. That was embarrassing. That sucked. It wasn't fun. But I didn't plot murder as the result of it. It was just embarrassing. And then I'm like, well... I need to get a better lock. And you know what I did? I, I got a better lock. <laughs> yeah, like like it kind of suggests that he was just a sort of, you know, kind of sad sack, nerdy kid. And then was apparently so driven insane by this that he went to reform school. And then he went to a mental asylum. And then he probably murdered his parents. <laughs> and yeah. It's like, wow. <laughs> That's a big jump from something that almost everybody experiences in middle school at some point. But, but then, after murdering his parents, he went to journalism school and, and got started, a job at a paper and started covering the, the San Francisco Giants. He, he started a very long con in getting his, you know, getting his revenge. This is the longest con on record. Like, it's a long way to go to establish a backstory for yourself when you could just, Oh, I don't know. Continue on with that backstory. It doesn't sound like covering the giants for this paper is what he ultimately wants to do, but you either have to focus on the baseball stories or murder. I just <laughs> choose one. Maybe it's off season when this takes place. I mean, it is Valentine's day. Yes. But I, I do want to say for the record that anything bad you have to say about Denise Richards as an actress and anything she's ever appeared in, you can just as equally say for David Boreanaz. Oh, yeah. He he is absolute dead weight in this. I mean, you he is a man who needed to have a vampire forehead attached to his face in order to convey emotion. <laughs> That's how far you had to go to push him towards looking like he wanted or needed things it just holy fuck he is absolutely nothing but a pretty face and a haircut and yeah it's I, on I, full I, display here i think that's why they had to write in the whole you know the killer gets a nosebleed every time he kills somebody yes because oh, that, that's the only that's the only way he can you know express emotion <laughs> at one point he gets a need in the balls and you wonder 
are those attached? Because he seems nonplussed by it all. <laughs> I just, that's one of those things that should, for a guy, like we've all had ball injuries before. It, it leaves a mark, man. You don't just run back into the fray after that. And he's like, ah, what are you going to do? <laughs> so after we, after we have this opening credit slash backstory, uh, our, the first character we meet is Shelly, uh, played by Catherine Heigl. She's a, a med student with the unfortunate luck to go on a date with what appears to be Matthew Lillard if you ordered him off of Wish. <laughs> well, here's the thing that you need to know about, about Valentine when you go in. Mm-hmm. Every single male character in this movie is an unrelenting piece of shit. Yeah. I don't know what the writers are trying to say, <laughs> but but there's not well, I should well, yeah, that's not totally fair. Every character in this movie is a piece of shit. Who uh, well, okay. Yeah. Kate, all right. Um Kate is the, the final girl, I guess you could call her that. Yeah. She's all right. She's um, all right. You know. Up to a point, David Boreanaz's character seems like a nice guy, but 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 there there are hints that there's something going on because he drinks a lot apparently. Yeah. But every character in this movie, the supporting characters, the other main characters, are just seething with hatred about something. <laughs> like um, the one character, uh, Darcy, she has an interaction with her stepmother, yeah. which comes to nothing. The stepmother is never seen again. No. But it's just like it's just like two minutes of them just insulting each other, and and it's like who is this character? Is she going to be murdered later? No, she doesn't show up again. Okay, no, uh, I, but it's a real nice change of pace because rarely uh, that character's named Kim. Uh, she's a, a real change of pace in that she combines the exotic, oversexualized Asian woman trope with the bitchy stepmom trope. And right. All yeah. Of a sudden, she's a revelation, baby. You know, you've got uh, um, Dorothy's boyfriend's ex-girlfriend, who is who is also again a completely superfluous character. Yeah, this, this, this plot is pointless and and adds nothing to the to the overall story except to suggest that you know again all men are duplicitous and and you know in this case in this movie they are. Um, yes. uh, but you know she is hostile towards Dorothy for some reason. Yeah, I mean, she's played by Hedy Burress, uh, an actress that uh, 2000s-era Fox TV demanded become a television star. Uh, oh, yeah. And, this, and this, America this, collectively said, mm, hard pass. This whole cast is very early 2000s. And you know oh. what else is very early 2000s? What? The soundtrack. Holy shit. <laughs> Let, let's take a look at, at some of the, the, uh, the, the, the <laughs> names on this soundtrack. We have... Oh, Disturbed. It's Stat- been a while since I've heard from them, though. In fairness, <laughs> Static X, uh, a remix of Static X, Lincoln no. Park. Oh, a band that will live forever. Orgy. Uh, the guitarist for Orgy lives in my neighborhood. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> That's the only thing I know. Marilyn Manson, and the, the less said about him, the better. Oh, yeah, he can fuck all the way off till next Tuesday. I hope he dies in a pit. And filter. (laughs) (laughs) 
but Filter's biggest pop hit. So it's got that going for it. Also, it's got the worst Rob Zombie remix off of a great Rob Zombie remix. But <laughs> it's all just dilapidated cock rock for no particular reason. And it, it doesn't suit any of these people. Like, yeah, yeah, I no, don't no, think no, that no, Dorothy no. was like, give me every weird haircut band. They have to be playing in rotation. She just doesn't seem like that big of a static X. Fan. I was going to say, yeah, none of these characters are listening too disturbed. <laughs> no. no. Like, the, the Snake River conspiracy is just like, what the fuck is this? Who, who decided that this was an okay thing to do? But, you know, Warner Brothers had all these people on fucking contract and they're just like, I got to get them on a soundtrack. This is how it works. It's like, it's like the lost songs from like the soundtrack to the Queen of the Damned. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Shelly goes on a date with a guy named Jason who refers to himself as Jason in the third person. That's a not, rare gift. Cause that's not something that, that a complete psychopath does. Yes. He, he shows up later in the movie, just smiling weirdly and disappears forever into the, whatever tank holds dilapidated red herrings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this movie kind of suggests that every man might be a serial killer. But that's the thing that I kind of like about it because every man can be a serial killer. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's true, except that uh, it's not a very subtle movie. So you know, all these men kind of exhibit their 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 creep potential in very overt ways. Yeah, like you've got the you got you've got uh, uh, Kate's neighbor who like breaks into her house and tries her underwear on Gary, the guy who rhymes when you, when it's not necessary, yeah, that's, you, that is a red fucking flag. You've got, right uh, you've got Max Ramey, uh, who, 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 you know, with his new girlfriend decides he's going to bring in a third person. Like it doesn't even bother asking her about it. Never trust a man with a choker. That's just, that is mm -mm, no, there's no good guy with a choker everyone you know and even even the cop who is investigating the murders turns out to to be a sleeve bag and it's just like okay what are you trying to say here movie what they're trying to say is detective murder daddy and he wants to investigate what you got going on in your pants <laughs> i mean every single dude in here is a it's like you're touring a, a museum of douches yeah. And I'm kind of okay with that element. I just wish they had decided it was either a slasher movie full of shitty dudes, which I would be fine with, or it's a whodunit slasher with a ton of shitty dudes. But it, 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 it just waffles at the whodunit component. It's just so based on this is, these are the beats from Scream. Right. And that's right. neat. It's not the worst movie to copy, but you do have to have, if you're going to do that, a whodunit, which is compelling. Like, could it be Max? Could it be Jason? You have to seed the plot with these elements where they're like, I've seen that guy before. Who's behind me? What do you, and they just forget to deliver on those elements. And it leads to an unsatisfying overall motion picture for me right exactly um but we do get to see katherine heigl 
you know, and it says something about her as a person that she exudes the confidence to carve into a corpse in a sleeveless tee. <laughs> it's genuinely kind of a messy job, but okay. But it, such was the time. As a former guest, uh, Jordan Cruciola once wrote, this was the tank top era. It was the literal and existential symbol of millennium horror at the time. If you didn't have a girl in a tank top, was it even a horror movie? And you can go down the list and they're all got fucking tank tops in it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I also don't know what kind of medical school lets you carve a body you know, by yourself in the middle of the night. Oh, no, that's when you do your best dead body carving is in the middle of the night. I, I always kind of, I mean, I've never gone to medical school, but I always assumed that was kind of a group activity. <laughs> yeah. And, unless you've bought your own corpse, like, hey, you know, I, you know, <laughs> I borrowed some money from mom and dad and I'm going to get a private corpse for this one. <laughs> also, she hasn't carved into it yet. She's just like, it's, it's virginal. Um, but anyways... She hears a noise, which is going to be a recurring thing because this movie posits that there are serial killers out there who are constantly knocking into shit and yet oh, yeah, are he, able to get away with murder. Yeah, he always is making his presence known beforehand. <laughs> Just he is not good at, at keeping it on the down low. Um, but we have this whole back and forth. She finds a Valentine's from him and... Then she's searching throughout the entire premises for where he might be. She ends up hiding inside a body bag. Um, and I do enjoy that this killer is like, all right, I'll unzip these first two. Well, fuck, why am I unzipping this? Why don't I just start stabbing all these fucking body bags? And then that seems to take forever. Finally, she's in one. She gets her throat slashed. And there we go. She, she, she cashed her check for her uh, her five minutes or so in the movie. Yeah. Well, you know what? She took it to the bank. She had to get back to the set of Roswell. And, you know, she's laughing her way all the way to the bank. Like, she's on Netflix now. I'm not. Um, so then we're introduced to Mary Shelton as Kate, the quote-unquote good one. Uh, and unlike the uh, main women character, she's blonde. And then there are the two other blonde women, as Gina noted. Uh, and then we also have Denise Richards as Paige, who's kind of the, the queen bee. Uh, she's got anime eyes and a hungry appetite for dick. So and, and, and her friends just nakedly hate her. <laughs> just just hate her. I, I, know, I know I complain about this trope a lot in these kinds of movies, but it, it really bugs me. When you have a, a group of friends, air quotes, friends mm -hmm. who their 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 friendly banter with each other is is hostile insults about yeah. you know about you know that they're slutty or or that they're jealous or you know that they had that they had poor judgment in men and it's just like it gets a little suffocating and it kind of makes me not want to spend a lot of time with these people. Yeah, it's a common mistake. I think people view the slasher genre only from like 1985 above. They sort of forget that early rush of, of slasher films in which people were nice and liked one another. And you might have like a bad boy in the group or whatnot, but it wasn't a, an endless parade of shitty people. 
And I'd like to get back to that at some point. I do. I honestly, I honestly, I think it peaked in like nineties and early two thousands horror. And, and in a way I do, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, I do blame it on reality television. I, oh, yeah. I, I think that there are people who, for whatever reason, I mean, it, it gives me hives personally, <laughs> but to see people just constantly sniping at each other, mm-hmm. I think people, there are a, a, there's a large contingency of people who find that entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't get it. I don't want it. I don't enjoy it, but I think that that kind of colored horror movies for a little while. Yeah. Where you have this group of people, and all you can think is, what are these people doing together? They're not friends. Yeah. I mean, it would it would make more sense if they were just like a like um uh, uh House on Haunted Hill, yeah. where 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 they're just kind of a bunch of randos brought together for some for some greater purpose. But right, it's like right. I, I don't buy for a second. I mean, I I could buy these people might have been friends when they were young, and then drifted apart as as people do. Uh, I don't buy their friends now because yeah. there, there's just a lot of weird hostility simmering there. And yeah, I get the whole idea of, you know, um, frenemies, but there's only so much of that that a person will subject themselves to. And, and I got to say that the character of Dorothy is so unpleasant and so insecure that yeah. I, I don't, I don't buy that any of these people would, would willingly spend time with her. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Uh, but as we said, we're kind of surrounded by the worst men available at the time. Yeah, I mean, everybody in this movie is terrible. Again, yeah. I, I can't state that enough. There's <laughs> other than other than Kate, you you kind of more you know, comes off more wishy washy than good. Um, there, everybody is is terrible and well deserving of their of their gruesome demises. Except for Paige. She's a god amongst us, and she should live forever. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, I mean, Paige at best is a little slutty, but but you know, nothing wrong with that. But she's also like, she's also the one who kind of stands up for people in that friend group. Like, she doesn't take any shit. She does take the lead, and she does defend people, and she's kind of telling the truth at various points where it's not just to be bitchy. But Kate has to realize, like she, like David Boreanaz is a shitty boyfriend. She just fucking break up with him. And that's all she's saying. And she's right. She's yeah. fucking right. Yeah. Paige was right. Hashtag. <laughs> that might be a little deep cut for get a t-shirt made. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, Paige and Kate decide to go to uh, this turbo date thing, which I don't believe is something that exists anymore. Not just because of COVID. <laughs> I don't think it's going to make a comeback. Because now turbo dates are Hinge and Bumble. And then, like, that's what that fucking is. So uh, I'm just going to give you a quick review of the men they meet her here. Uh, first off is Macaulay Culkin from My Girl, if there was no bee sting. Uh, <laughs> oh. Then we have a drawing of Robin Harris from Bebe's Kids come to life. Uh, longtime listener, longtime caller to a sports radio show. A sentient football with hair. Most likely to have an unironic Mary Sue mention in his Twitter, and then five dollars of teeth and a forty dollar head. He turns out to come back later on. So. <laughs> yeah, Denise again, Richards even, looks over and like, mm, I want a piece of that for some reason. 
Yeah, he's got a little bit of a howdy doody look to him, which is like, I, I guess if that's your type. <laughs> I guess so. It doesn't make much sense. Um, turn, he has a big problem, but we'll get to that later. Um, but it is at the end of this that we, that uh, both Kate and Paige learn that their ex best friend has died. And so, yes, you guessed it right. It's time once again that we ask you to consider my penis after someone dies. <laughs> consider my penis is now the biggest trend we found in season three of Kill by Kill. Yeah, the, the whole, yeah, you're really a bitchy since your friend got murdered two, two hours ago. Yeah, like... <laughs> I mean, I know you're upset that a friend that you've known your entire life has passed away in a grisly manner, but consider my penis. <laughs> Stop. Stop this. I don't care what wedding crashers taught you. You are not going to have great sex after a funeral. That's um, make them believes. Okay, everyone. The, solu we the solution to your problem is in my pants. <laughs> Um, which, you know, I'm not to say that it isn't out there and that it's not possible. It's not some fucking unicorn. It's just unlikely. And it's also weird to like, come on, like we haven't fucked in a while and I have the afternoon free after you buried your friend. <laughs> <laughs> is, what are you going to do? Go to the wake? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. What are you going to remember them as they lived? Uh, we could be doing the fucking right now. <laughs> uh, but this is this is where we meet David Boreanaz as Alan. Um, Alan Ad Adam. wears Adam. Oh, it's Adam. Adam. Yeah. Oh, I wrote Alan. It doesn't because matter. it doesn't it does, fucking it, matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like I could search and replace it, but I'll probably just call him Alan again because I don't fucking care. Uh, I, I, I really have a serious. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't promise, promise accuracy on kill by kill. But people don't come here for like, oh, they get all the details right. I'm sure there are plenty of podcasts for you. It's not ours. And I, I can tell you that no matter how well we're doing in Belgium currently, by the way, we were number two in Belgium Woo! with their last episode. We're just killing it in Belgium. Thank you. Whoever is listening to us in Belgium. We love you. Please send us some waffles. <laughs> Please. Oh, my God. The best rotisserie chicken I've ever had in my fucking life was in Belgium. At this little town square uh, food fest. Oh, my God. Gina. It was so good. <laughs> I want to travel the world again. I just want to get out of my house. I just want to leave my house. <laughs> I just want to go places. I just want to go to a Target again. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't go and it's, I went to a beach and I felt weird. <laughs> I was away from people though. It's just, uh, we were on our own, right? Okay. You got that bubble boy thing going on. <laughs> oh. well, I've been working from home since 2006, everyone. I've been well prepared for this moment, but oh my God, put on a fucking mask and let's get past this already. Um, anyways, we're going to, we're going to uh, lose, we're going to lose listeners because we got political again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing more political than I'd rather not die of a respiratory uh, pandemic. 
Um, so uh, in 2000s, of course, we have this was prime time also for sexy funeral wear, like the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. All these chicks have worn their hottest outfit to go to a funeral because that's what you do. Yeah, you got you got the, that combination funeral and club wear going on. Yeah. Right. Um, or all, the, all you have to do is take off your shrug and you're ready for a night on the town. <laughs> at what point uh, Denise Richards takes off her jacket and actually we're at a funeral. Can you put those away? We're at a funeral. <laughs> Uh, this is where we meet Detective Leon Vaughn. Leon Vaughn. <laughs> what a name. He's like Dime Store John Polito. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's the sexiest version of John Polito. I think if you shaved off the mustache uh, and you, I mean, he's, uh, he's doing okay. I mean, there's a reason why I refer to him as Detective Murder Daddy. He's, he's got a, he's got a way. Like, I mean, he's a jerk in this, but. I don't know. He's kind of got it going on. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I, mean? <laughs> I am picking up what you're putting down. Oh, good. Uh, we also meet Dorothy, uh, aforementioned, uh, the uh, real girl with curves of the group. Uh, and she's essentially body shamed for the entirety of this movie for having what could be considered by anyone on God's green earth an amazing body. But of course, this was a time in which midsections were prized higher than diamonds. Yeah, she. I think she's the only one that doesn't wear like a skimpy little blouse at some point, and, yes. and she absolutely could pull it off. Um, no, but um, she's a very, very, very attractive woman. There, and someone who would be larger than her would also be a very, very, very attractive woman. I don't know what this is about. I don't know why they thought. Would I mean it certainly sets her apart in the worst possible fucking way. So congrats for that. Yeah, and and, and again, this goes back to you know why are you taking this shit from your friends? You know yeah. your friends. Yeah, when when you dick fingers when you could you know easily go out and make new friends, <laughs> which is which is today. which is what you know most people do when when their relationship with their old friends is is riddled with with you know, animosity for, for yeah. no, you know, reasonable reason. Mm -hmm. They, uh, they receive a Valentine, uh, that or I guess, uh, Dorothy does that reads roses are red, violets are blue. They'll need dental records to identify you, which is odd because that was also my wedding vows. Oh, it's beautiful. I know. Well, was that, just, was that just was that like like just a coincidence, or did you watch this like like you know, twenty years ago? I think mm, that's really romantic. I'm gonna remember that well, when, I get, when I get hitched. You know, maybe it was parallel thought. Who's to say? Or it just stuck in my mind, and I said, "This is the thing I want to say to the person that I love." Um, but Dorothy um, also uh, is greeted at the front door by a guy named Campbell. He enjoys late nights, long walks on the beach, bilking rich debutantes into extended stays at daddy's place. He's got it all. In, in a very, yeah, just to let you know, this movie is in 2001. He is a uh, an internet entrepreneur. I believe yeah. that's the phrase that is used to describe him. And, and a time, that, that was a time when that meant something. <laughs> sure. <laughs> At a time where I'm sure lots of people lost their shirt, but also there were several people who 
became the richest people on fucking earth. So, yeah. And I believe all of them are like Campbell. So congrats to each one of those assholes. <laughs> Thanks for getting us here. Um, granted, we couldn't do the Now, there's, there's a them. later scene in the movie that I mm-hmm. have to ask you about. Sure. Where where uh, Campbell and Dorothy appear to have tried to have sex, <laughs> but but was not able to complete it. And yeah. all I'm thinking is, dear God, are they trying to imply that she's too fat? To <laughs> if if the goal was to be have the joke on him, it really comes off like it's on her. Like, well, he would get it up normally for a normal woman, other than this very extremely attractive woman like what the fuck is even happening look like it, it's weird because she she looks kind of you know put out about it which you know she should be yes. and and but then she goes to take a shower and she's fine again this is like yeah this this is this is what i should expect you know, <laughs> men are going to find my body repugnant and that's just how i you know that's just how it's going to be yeah, no this is, no um, <laughs> no i mean i, I don't the other thing the way you could read it right if if we're being generous and why is that he came immediately oh yeah that's yeah that's possible that what it could that that's a possible interpretation because she's like it could it happens it could happen to anyone so yeah we don't know which one of those things it is but then after she gets interrupted in the shower by him she's like well why don't we take a shower together? Because of course, everything about sex is improved by uh, warm water. (laughs) (laughs) Something we've disproven over the five years of this show over and over again, but no one will listen to us. Listen, if you're in a relationship that has great sex in the shower, I'm happy for you. I just, I don't understand how the chemistry works. Maybe I'm wrong. Who can say? But yeah, it it should be that he either can't get it up or 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 he done jizz too fast. And I would be much happier with the second one because that would not put any of the onus on her. Right. And I mean, would, it's would, it's definitely you know wide open for interpretation. Yeah. Because while we record this, and I say it's like it's going to be you know this is going to come out months from now. It's going to come out two days from now. But <laughs> but. Uh, we're, we're, we're really on the razor's wire. Here we're, we're, we're kind of in the middle of a uh, reckoning over treatment of young female actresses in the late nineties and early two thousands. Yeah. And I, and again, I, I keep going back to this reality show based treatment of women as sort of, you know, catty and, and, and disloyal and constantly, you know, talking shit about each other all the time. And, and I feel like, this is in keeping with it that that Dorothy is kind of you know a tragic character, but she's also kind of a bitch. And 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 you know what happens to her at the end? I mean, she definitely gets done wrong at the at the yeah. end. Mm-hmm. But again, the movie kind of suggests well, maybe she kind of had it coming because she's not very nice. And yes. and and the you know the idea is that she was you. Know, modestly overweight as a child and just like melted her fucking brain like she she is you know i was a fat kid growing up you know i mean and and yeah it's weird and you kind of have some issues with it 
But at a certain point, you have to stop thinking that people, you know, are currently judging you, you know, for a body you had 25 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? And after a certain point, it becomes, you know, okay, you need to get some therapy. But I I feel like the movie's kind of thinking that she kind of deserves to, to be insecure and nasty because, you know, hey, she used to be fat. Right. And, but she also accused the kid that she was making out with of uh, attacking her sexually. Yeah, I mean, she's committed two crimes here. <laughs> she she has wrongfully accused someone of sexual assault, and she used to be fat. Yeah, <laughs> both equal crimes in the eyes of the law. I'm not saying that that's what DAs around the country have said on multiple times. I mean, we've only just, you know, you kind of come around to, to the idea of, you know, that, that, being overweight is it a massive failing of character. Um, speaking of uh, showers, uh, we get to see Mary Shelton, who is the lead of this motion picture. She's in the shower. Uh, and then she gets uh, a, a phone call. She gets out of the shower. Turns out the, the water is turned off. And she still has shampoo in her hair. She has to get it out because she has an appointment. She calls her landlord. He's not available. What is she going to do? Because there's no water in the fridge. There's nothing in the sink. Where can she turn? The only thing she can think of is to wash out her hair in the toilet. I was going to she puts it in the doobie water. <laughs> Again, why is, what is the point of the this humiliation? I, it, deep down, there's a weird, like, I get it with the guys because that should be kind of the point here. But then it also is like, hmm, but these ladies, like, they, they should fucking wash their hair in the toilet, too. Yeah, and, and as you say, like, other than Paige, even she kind of, you know, deals with it a little bit. You know, it's not just that, you know, the men in this movie are all singularly terrible, but that they humiliate these women over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't know what my takeaway is supposed to be from this. Because I agree. You know, other than you know, some of these men getting murdered—not not enough of them, but some—you know, there's no, you know, retribution. There's no satisfying, you know, there's there's no satisfying comeuppance for for most of them. And it should be said, right, that a slasher is going to have some kills which are more over the top than others, but on the whole, in this movie. The men are killed just out of frame in what in one blow to the back. They're not given these over the top deaths that the women are. Right. And also which, and also when you when you find out who the killer is, and it's right. Adam. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert Spoil- for a movie that came out 20 fucking years ago. Yeah. Uh, he has no reason to kill some of these people. Like, yeah. like he has no reason. Now, now granted, again, they, you know, just because they're shitty people, they, they, they absolutely deserve what happens to him. He has no reason to kill most of the men that he kills, because you know I don't know why he didn't track down the 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 the, the boys that you know beat him, right in front of their, yeah. in front of his classmates. So he takes it out on the girls, yes. which is which is which is baffling to me because only one girl accused him of rape. <laughs> you know the other and it's core not the cleanest motivation yeah the other girls simply turned him down and right. and even kate kind of did it nicely 
You know, she yes. she didn't insult him when when turning him down. No, but, she said like maybe later. So there's yeah, there's no reason to to I don't Max somehow manages to make it out, but there's no reason to kill Campbell, Dorothy's kind of shitty boyfriend. There's certainly no reason for him to kill Campbell's ex girlfriend. You know, which <laughs> after a certain point he's just like, well, I'm gonna kill him because they're there. It's like M and M's. You can't have just one, and it's but it murder is eminent. Right. So like I'm just in a murdering mood tonight. Right. So okay, what exactly is your motivation here? Is it is it like is it revenge or are you like Bert Griffin and you just love to kill? Yeah. <laughs> are you referring to the elevator killer? I Bert am. Griffin? I am. Okay. <laughs> But, but I mean, we, you know, do we know why didn't he go after these boys? That that would seem to me to be a a, a you know a more satisfying <laughs> retribution. Gina, boys kill girls. They don't kill other boys. That's ridiculous. He killed a couple just... boys though, just not the ones that picked on him. <laughs> God created Adam and Eve, not. Adam killed Steve. Uh, that's <laughs> that's the Bible, right? I don't know. I've never read it. I thought you were a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say I was a good one, Gina. <laughs> it's a lot of begats there. You know, I, you sort of loses steam at a certain point. We'll, like I enjoyed it when frogs fell out of the sky, but mm, we'll, we'll get at a it, certain point. We'll save our religious talk for our Patreon episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh that's gonna that's gonna be a weird one baby oh yeah um so uh, it should be noted that uh lily in this movie is played by jessica caulfield uh who would be seen i think the same or maybe the year before in final destination uh spoiler alert she gets hit by a bus when you least expect it only you expect it now because before Final Destination did it. No one wanted to do it. <laughs> it's just super fun. She's got really great curly hair. Oh, she has great curly hair. I, I, listen, for whatever reason, Jessica had a career that was f- at full steam until Congress passed the Jessica Caulfield can't work no more bill in <laughs> 2007. Every single person in this movie, to a certain degree in the female cast, suffers the curse of the it girl. They're, and the being the it girl is a white hot moment in which, for whatever reason, everyone decides you are the hottest woman on earth. And then you're tossed into an ocean. It's just fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And it kind of makes you wonder, you know, the, the, you know, what's we're looking for machinations in the background that might have led to that yes you know like people getting getting uh you know written off as being difficult to work with yes you know I mean, we, which, which we, we know we, for we, certain we, that denise richard was snatched off the street by what can only be described as an unconvicted serial killer <laughs> <laughs> like he is addicted to crank you have a couple kids with him. He's constantly threatening you with physical abuse. Like that was what she graduated to after this. Yeah. Like it's more than just like being not great in a Bond movie because 
almost everyone on earth has been not great in a Bond movie. There's been a lot of Bond movies. Right. I mean, the Bond girl isn't supposed to be great. She's not, yeah. she's not, supposed, to, she's not supposed to overshadow Bond. Yeah. But yeah, you know, but, difficult to work with, which could be interpreted as she would not give me a blowjob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, we're to think about it in that terms, while there's always going to be a, a churn of talent in the industry, there's a lot of people whose careers just get derailed by saying no. And the industry cannot handle that because they believe they have the right to say what these women do at all times. And it's just fucking weird and wrong. And I'd love for it to be over. It might take another generation for that to happen. Yeah, regrettably. Yeah. It, it, yeah. The, uh, the tides are turning. They're just turning very slowly. Yes. At least people uh, have the uh, ability to have their say. And we record this on the day which Charisma Carpenter uh, was able to, you know, have her say about Joss Whedon, a guy who meant a lot to me in terms of the art he created. And I can't believe what an, and yet I can believe what an unmitigated asshole he is. It's, it, it's sadly very believable. And I kind of hope he doesn't work again. I think I'd be okay with that. Well, well, you know how like uh, back in the day there used to be countdowns of when uh, the Olsen twins and uh, what's her what's her face from the Harry Potter return eighteen. Mm-hmm. I'm having a countdown when Harvey Weinstein dies <laughs> because because I think I think when that happens and oh glorious day when it does, yeah. I I just think it's gonna it, it's gonna you know open the floodgates of uh, uh, because. You know, nobody has to be afraid of him anymore. I mean, I realize yeah. he's you know, a shriveled little husk in a prison, but he probably still has some pool with people. Yeah, but I mean, he, he's connected to too many fucking people. Yeah, like but, his brother's still walking around. Yeah, but I think when he's dead, that that will free up a, a lot. And Twitter's going to get real interesting when that happens. Yeah, I think we should have it as a new component of the podcast that we report whether or not he's dead yet. And when he does, we'll have a special episode. We'll just yell, fuck you at him. We're just going to have like, we're just going to blow party horns and do you play Buster Point Dash's hot, hot, hot. (laughs) (laughs) They better launch that corpse onto the moon because wherever he's going, he's getting pissed on a lot. (laughs) And I will travel. Uh, Mark my words. I will pee on that man's grave. I'm not doing it just for me, but a lot of it's just for me. I I fucking hate that guy. Just a certain satisfaction. Yes. It just, oh man, he was a real gold brick asshole. That one fucking A. Um, What were we talking about again? Oh yeah. 2001's Valentine. Uh, It all ties together. Yeah. Um, there it was a, a, a weird thing that I began to notice watching this movie. And that is, Almost no one in the film, certainly no speaking role, has a person who's wearing more than one color. They wear a blue shirt. They wear a muted green shirt. They wear a white shirt. No one has patterns. Everyone is wearing basics. There's one guy in a bowling shirt. Come on, this is 2001. This place should be littered with people in bowling shirts. Oh, yeah, and and, and dressed like... uh... 
uh, you know, roadies for big bad voodoo daddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this thing is rife with big bad voodoo daddies. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is this is where uh, Jason, the guy, refers to himself in the third person, comes back, smiles ominously, and then disappears from the movie uh, to Red Herring Heaven. Uh, but we meet Lily's date, Max, who's another return character. He's another community theater Jesus. <laughs> uh, I love these guys. Uh, keep them coming. If you've got a community theater Jesus in your horror movie, let us know. Because we're hunting them all down. We, we, we will, love them. We will cover that movie. Have you ever met a video artist that you've wanted to meet again? I don't think I've met many, but 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 I can assure you that the, I would not want to meet them again. I, I don't want to be bigoted towards video artists, but the answer for me is no. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I just haven't met the right one. I'm just going to put that out there. It just seems to be a breed of human being. Uh, it turns out that Max has invited Lily to make out into his uh, video porn maze, but then invited a third party to be a part of it. And... <laughs> I think my favorite part is like she, this third woman that we, you know, we never see again. Her name is yeah. Amy. her name is Amy. She yeah. just approached him, just unbuttoning her shirt. <laughs> like, Listen, that's a little presumptuous. She's ready to pick up that baton and get in there. This is an activity which she is enthused about, and Max is enthused about. He's, so he's those ne- two people have worked it out. He is neglected to 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 tell Lily. Oh, by the way, oh, by the way, I'd like to try to bring a third person into our sexual relationship. Yeah, we're gonna tag team this bad boy, and I want you to get in on the ground floor. And she's like, no, rather not. And and, and I, love, um, I love that, like, Amy just buttons her shirt back up and just huffs away. <laughs> she's great. I mean, I'm sure that Ted Cruz replays this segment of Valentine in his mind. It lives there rent-free. <laughs> it's his kind of bag. Um, uh, But she stalks off into the porn maze, and then it turns out she gets a little lost. And then Chair Boy shows up starts bleeding through the nose but then the blood disappears but then it comes back and she receives four arrows through the sternum including one that sends her down a staircase into a trash bin is this blood coming out of his nose or is it like red tephra paint because it, it, it does, i mean it does not look like blood no it's kind of got They're that red. it's kind of got that weird orangey shade of, of, <laughs> of you know it looks like cake I wonder if they're trying to go for a giallo look. If that, I mean, yeah, you I don't prob- have a black gloved killer. Probably, there. yeah. But but also, I'm thinking, man, you might need to get your blood pressure checked. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if, if you know, every time you know you 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 know face a little stress, you know, blood just starts streaming out of your nose. That's not good. Yeah. No, it really isn't. I mean, uh, there there is not since Friday the Thirteenth Part Four have we seen so many women addicted to orange juice. And he's the one person who needs it because he needs to get some sugars back into his body. We need to look at his irons. Like that's a lot of blood coming out of him at any given point. It's like whenever he murders somebody, he kind of, you know, um, uh, blood. (laughs) You know, is it like, is it like a, that that he's stressing him out or, or is this, you know, just something that happens? kill somebody there's no spontaneously starts is it sexual gratification i don't know i mean just to circle back here very quickly 
this could have been a giallo, right? Where one person decides to become uh, uh, a, a, a detective of sorts to solve the crimes as it's happening or is blamed for a murder and is trying to prove their innocence. That would have been a legitimate way to do this movie, and they chose not to. And I kind of wish they did. Oh, yeah, yeah. I totally, yeah. Um, but yeah, when it comes to killer signatures, constantly bleeding isn't a great one for long-term success because you're leaving evidence at every crime scene. You know what I mean? Just stuff a tissue up in there is what I'm telling you. Or get like, one of those, like, like when I was a kid, I used to have those ways a lot because we do heat in our house. Mm-hmm. And I actually had like a little like, lamp I had to put on my nose to, to stop <laughs> from bleeding. I mean, it was a really good look for you know little eight or nine year old me who's already wearing glasses. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for breakfast, mom. Exactly. Can I come? My nose Dad, is bleeding can I again, have mom. Some Lego eggles? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? I didn't murder anybody. That's right. <laughs> that we know of. I was I was a ridiculous looking child, and I grew, <laughs> and I grew up into a ridiculous looking adult, but yet I have not killed anyone. Uh well, you know what? The time's an open road. Never say never. <laughs> God knows every day is driving us closer and closer to it. I mean, I'm thinking about killing Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Just just no, just, 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 just to hurry this shit up, you know? I mean, not a court in the world would fucking convict you, Gina. Yeah, I, I, could, I could take him at this point. Just put a pillow over his face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, one chop to the trachea. And I think he'd probably keel, is my guess. It doesn't take much. Uh, this movie revels in a trope that you seem to see a lot. And I don't get it. And that is people who don't want to drink alcohol ordering club soda. It's fucking gross. It's just gross. Just get, just get you know, a soda. Just get water. Like, fucking, there's a lot of alternatives. Like, ginger ale is right there. They need it as a mixer. Even tonic water is better than club soda. No one drinks club soda for pleasure. Yeah, you're not, I just you, don't believe you're it. You're not drinking that spicy. You're not drinking that spicy water. <laughs> spicy water. Ooh, it's spicy. Here's a, a problem I have with Detective uh, Murder Daddy. Is that I don't believe you should need to I fuck a detective so he follows a lead. He should just want to do that to solve the case. Well, that's another thing. And like, and, and, and this is also something that, you know, comes up in these kinds of movies sometimes where they are annoyed that the detective that's trying to solve their friend's murder. <laughs> like he, well, he's pretty annoying. He was well, <laughs> fair, but I mean, he is also up to the point where he starts hitting on, on Denise Richards. He is mm. doing his job. Yeah. And these people could not be more put out about having to answer questions like what's your boyfriend's last name? <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, I don't know. How dare you for asking me why I don't know <laughs> the last name of someone I've been dating for a month and have let move into my house. Yeah. I listen, I'm at, I'd say I average 80 to 85% of knowing the last name of people that I've slept with at the time I slept with them. But I am 100% at knowing the last name of anyone who slept in my house. <laughs> okay? Yeah, it's, it's, that's a weird moment. It's like, you know, Dorothy, 
this is information <laughs> you probably should have. Yeah. At, I, at, I really at, so. at this point in time. But but they're all like that. They're just like, I can't believe he interviewed this person and I can't look well, I mean, yeah, because you know, they're so stuck on this idea that it was this guy that Shelly went on a date with. Well, this that must be him. This must be the guy. You know, mm-hmm. why why are you pursuing these other leads when this is clearly the guy? And it's like, but, well, why does it bother you that that he's pursuing other leads? <laughs> I don't want him to pursue others. This is what it, this I is, want him to pursue my leads. This is this is what you know, good cops, which is something we so rarely see, mm. and why so many of these you know cases end up in you know the cold case files, is because they get a lead, you know that they're convinced is the only one that that is worthwhile. It doesn't pan out, and they're like, well, I'm all out of ideas. Let's go drinking. <laughs> but you know detective murder daddy he's trying to cover all his bases and and you know but everybody's like yeah i can't believe he he actually had the audacity to to interview the person whose name i gave him yeah <laughs> well maybe you should have lied and said you didn't have a boyfriend then yeah yeah because honestly she kind of doesn't she has a guy that will fix her jacuzzi um which is also like I think you could hire out. Like if you have enough money to cater this weird party, I think you could get a guy to fix that jacuzzi, but whatever. Maybe the guy who fixes her jacuzzi usually doesn't come as fast and <laughs> you want someone who's a little faster. Um, I always love when uh, there are scenes in these movies from this era and you see them do a search engine. <laughs> Just And here it's called Interlink. Like, mm, perfect. It's really basic. Uh, anyway, she pulls down the police records of the guy that she said, I'll maybe dance with you later. And we don't really learn a lot that we didn't learn from the police. Um, basically, it's all foreshadowing because David Boreanaz walks into the room, looks like, I don't know, I think I ate something bad and it's supposed to look like anticipation. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know how to read his face. He's really not a good actor, is he? He's fucking terrible, Gina. And listen, we tend not to overly, well, that's not true. We try not to overly judge, but literally, David Boreanaz is not a good actor. If he's been a great actor, super. I haven't seen evidence of it. Again, he had to have makeup applied to his face in order to appear menacing. That's the only way it would happen. Because he had to have a vampire forehead attached to him. So, mm, I don't know. Don't see it myself. Um, so, yeah, Dorothy gives her uh, boyfriend a, a watch after he uh, comes too fast. Because, yeah, Cause, what better time? Yeah. And then, basically, we're headlong into everything coming to a crisis point. Uh, Gary, the weird neighbor who kind of looks like an Australian Wolverine, but not the one you're thinking about. I uh, actually thought for a second it was um, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Oh, Adam Scott. I thought it was Adam Scott for a split second. And I was like, oh, okay. Thank God it's not him. Yeah. (laughs) Adam Scott, if you stretched him out in a really weird way. Yeah. Well, he's he's kind of beardy and, and, you know, it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's Adam Scott if he you know, fell into a taffy puller machine. Sure. <laughs> yeah, he's like another creep. Just just another creep. 
just another creep who steals your underwear and tries them on in your house when you're not home and then gets beaten with a hot iron, which I'm not against. But again, show me that. Show me, like, why don't I get to see the end result of that? Why don't I get to see the gory part of that? But I do get to see a, a woman's face shoved into broken shower glass. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was surprisingly fresh. It, well, I think there's there's two, you know, big slasher deaths in this whole movie. I, I you know, I don't know that the throat slashing and the arrow through the gut are particular bloody, although there's a lot of impact to that arrow death. Um, but Hetty Burris uh, stealing a watch and then getting slammed through a, a shower defenestrated and having her neck shoved into broken glass is really grisly. Um, and just kind of, I would say, out of nowhere. But what happens, what precedes that, is the best death in the entire movie, and that is of Paige, who in the middle of a party decides, time to go for a jacuzzi. Why she brought her bikini with her. <laughs> as, as, as one does when they go to a party in February. <laughs> And you happen to know that the party has an indoor but well greenery surrounded jacuzzi. It's an interesting room that's going on there. But she gets trapped inside the jacuzzi, which I think it's like, this is an interesting death. Of all of them, this is the best suspense sequence. Because the very idea of being trapped with like an inch of air and someone trying to drill through that clear plastic top and you don't have anywhere to escape like that's nightmare inducing that's that's a horror movie death yeah and it's reserved for the best character in the movie the best character we've accomplished seen in 2021 everyone yeah it's the year yeah. of page <laughs> till someone knocks her off the fucking i was gonna say that not granted we're only in the second week of february <laughs> well, with the second movie we're in february it's not great for us, but compared to any character in that Rockwell music video, she's way above. That's fair. The guy in a diaper just hanging out in a small graveyard. That's fair. Um, that's a great fucking sequence, and she's great in it. And I'm just I'm on the Denise Richards train. I just am. I've decided. Yeah, like I said, I I always appreciate, and we mentioned this when we did our episode on the fan last week that Maureen Stapleton is the only actor in the movie that understands what kind of movie she's in. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that Denise Richards does too. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I don't think she's gotten a lot of credit for being a particularly savvy person, but I, <laughs> well, I think that she, I mean, I don't know either way, but, 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 yeah. um, I mean, you, the worst thing you could say about her is that she has very poor taste in men, but, yeah. but, you know, a lot of, a lot of women do. <laughs> you, know? well, you could say that about me. It, I had terrible taste in men. It doesn't mean, <laughs> it doesn't mean that they're stupid or, or, you know, it just, it's a poor judgment call, but yeah. I do think that she read the script and she's like, okay, you know, I, I know how I'm going to play this character. I'm going to be very broad. I'm going to mm-hmm. you know, waggling my eyebrows at different characters and at the audience. I'm going to be, you know, comically sexualized. Yeah. And and I think that she kind of, you know, kind of takes, you know, possession of the character. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like, I I don't know who was the Jessica Caulfield, the actress who played Dorothy. Yeah. I think that she mm-hmm. could not figure out how she was supposed to play this character. 
I, I don't know that she she couldn't decide the character was really sympathetic or or you know kind of a jerk or kind of pathetic, and, and I think she just kind of was all over the place with it, and, and that that can work, but I don't know if it does work for this. I mean, there's nothing in the script to help her. No, and I don't think she got any help from anyone else. She's she's stuck on an island that she didn't create. Right. There's just there's no fucking hope for it because it doesn't. The character doesn't make sense, and ultimately, she's fucking the fall guy for the whole fucking thing. And it's a really weird place to put her in that position. Whereas Paige is given a sense of ownership over every space that she's in. Like she decides like, I don't like this party. I'm going away. I don't, you know, I want to find out who killed my friend. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this fucking detective go out and do his job. Like when, when that doofus shows up with five bucks worth of teeth and a $40 head, it's like, let's go upstairs. I got a surprise for you. And he whips out his wang and she's like, Oh, a penis. You know what she does? ties that guy to a bed and dumps hot wax on his wang. That is a character, everybody. Like, she should be the lead of this fucking thing. She's fantastic. I love everything about this. Every single male character in this movie should have hot wax dumped on their dick by Paige. <laughs> I agree. But yeah, you've got, you've got Kate, who's, you know, Marley Shelton, determined well she's the final girl so i'm gonna scream and cry a lot yeah and then you've got lily who just well she's the other blonde girl you know she, and she's killed off so yeah early. She, she, she doesn't have yeah marks. she doesn't really it doesn't really matter if her character makes an impression or not it's like oh she's with the curly hair okay mm-hmm. but and, but yeah. but yeah i think that you know denise richards you know read the script and said okay i'm gonna make this character into something yeah and then she did it. She had the iron will and she, she grasped the movie in her hands and goes, I'm going to own this moment. And when I'm killed off, you're going to go, Oh, I wish she wasn't. Because- I would, I would have loved if like at the very end of the movie, like she, like after uh, David Boreanaz uh, shoots Dorothy, who was who disguised <laughs> as the killer, which is absurd. Yeah. Um, how the fuck did he fit her into that coat and thing? Like, and he how just, and he, how did that happen? And did he just like fling her at 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 at, uh, at, at, at Kate? Yeah, she, she's she still just... she's still alive when they after they fall down the stairs. But it's like, you know, she must have been like beaten or or or, or something. We don't see that part happen. Yeah, was she clubbed in the head? Like, how is this accomplished? I just don't get it. But it would have been. I would have loved it if you know after he shoots her, that Paige shows up and shoots him. <laughs> that would have been awesome just brought an axe and put it right into his head but but alas <laughs> she, she's electrocuted yeah it sucks uh because the movie do, does not get better from there no it kind of no. only gets worse although there is one moment when the power goes out and there's you hear someone in adr in the background go grab stephanie let's go oh yeah that popped, I love that. That popped up on my uh, closed captioning i'm like <laughs> It's really distinct. I don't know who Stephanie is, but I was instantly intrigued because maybe she would take me out of this motion picture. <laughs> maybe she would lead me by the hand. Um, so, yeah. So then Marley Shelton's just wandering around a dark house. She finds Detective Leon uh, decapitated in a, a koi pond. 
with her um, IOU TLC piece of paper that she gave to uh, David Boreanaz, which tells you right fucking then and there, like she puts two and two together and like, this guy's the guy who um, is murdering people. And then he wanders in and goes, hey, so, you know, I'd like to dance. Wink, wink, nod, nod. I'm the fucking killer already. And she knees him in the balls. She throws him down the stairs. Uh, she hits him over the head with a champagne bottle, which will put you out. And he seems no worse for wear. No, yeah, he's fine. No, there's a lot of cushion inside that haircut that he's got, I'm assuming. Uh, and then somehow, in somehow he wraps up this girl in all in the, in his killer clothes and shoves them in their way and then shoots her to death. She's like, Oh, it was her somehow. Yeah. Which, which is like that. That's, that's impossible because you know, from the first scene on, you can tell that as a man wearing those clothes. Yes. Very much. So. The dark, the, I don't care how fat dark is supposed to be. Her shoulders are not that broad. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it. It's kind of a it's downhill, um, outside of, of, of Denise Richards and Hetty Burris's death. So should we assume because the, the, the movie ends where he's getting that nosebleed again and yuck, it's dripping onto Marvin Shelton's face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like it kind of cuts to black and then you hear a scream. Now, should we assume that uh that he has killed her too or is this some you know very complicated extended plan to get her all for himself i why would he want her all for himself well, because she was the, <laughs> what does he get out of she was the only one that was nice to him when they were kids mm. i mean you know you could call that nice i mean she was the only one that wasn't like actively hostile towards him yeah um, I mean, there's got to be there's got to be a better way to 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 you know lose. I mean, you didn't murder all of Becky's friends for the two you got together. No, today. I didn't even murder one. Like I didn't even plot to murder one. That's how I played it. I thought, hey, why don't I win them over with some sort of charm that I brew up in the moment, and hope that I skate by and they get to know me over time. And I snowed them all, baby. <laughs> But I did not murder any of them. I don't care what the sheriff's department of Los Angeles says. I didn't. <laughs> You're gonna be showing up on some Netflix, you know, true crime documentary next year. Yeah, and oddly, he had a podcast that dealt with death. They were they were a happy family until they weren't. <laughs> murder in Long Beach. <laughs> Killed by murder. <laughs> yes, the, 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 the 49-year-old man was influenced by all the slasher movies he wants to kill people. <laughs> all the slasher movies he endlessly complained about, but then told people he liked. Why did he watch them so many times, people asked. Um. So, yeah, uh, that's Valentine. I, I wish it were better. But, you know, I came away with it with an appreciation for somebody, and I'll call that a win. Yeah, I, I have mentioned before, there was, you know, I, I took a long break from, from horror movies in the 
yeah, probably the post Scream era. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I have not seen, I've only seen one Final Destination movie. I've only seen one, I've only, now, now two, two Saw movies. Um, I haven't seen any of the Hostel movies. I just, like, kind of, no, I don't want any of this right now. I, I you know, because I, I think, I, I stand firm on my belief that they were made by people who did not actually like horror movies. But yeah. you know, they liked the money that horror movies made, but didn't actually like horror movies, didn't actually like horror movie fans. Oh, they definitely. No, I don't. There are very few horror movies that seem to like horror movie fans. And, and there's a, a, you know, a lot of people complain about the misogyny of, you know, 80s horror. But I think you know, we need to address the misogyny of 90s and early 2000s horror. And, yeah. and again, I think it's not just, you know, it, it doesn't just, you know, stop at the way the script treats these female characters. It's how the script has them treat each other. Yeah. Which is, you know, it says a very mixed message to, to the audience that, you know, oh my God, isn't it horrifying what's happening to these women? But you know what? They're also a bunch of bitches too. Yeah. And it really doesn't help that I do wonder if this movie with four female leads passes the Bechdel test. I don't know if they're very rarely talking to each other about each other. They're always discussing dude. They're constantly griping and complaining about each other's partners. And kind of yeah. kind of like one-upping, you know, who has the shittier, you know, you know, less reliable boyfriend. Right. Uh the only other thing that I want to say is if you want a very good laugh, watch the party scenes where people are dancing in the background. And you will laugh yourself fucking silly. No one has any rhythm. It's obvious they're not dancing to any music. But it's also obvious they're not dancing to any song they've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those only in the movies parties where where it looks like there's roughly 600 people there. Yeah, And it's like, okay, who knows this many people? No, none of these people seem to know that many people. No, they're treating like they're in a nightclub. Like, yeah. like, like as soon as soon as the power goes out, all right, well, bye, Dorothy. You know, it's like, yeah. well, you, you maybe you could wait around and see if it gets fixed or not. I mean, is this, <laughs> is she your friend? Yeah, no, nope, because moving on to you know the next the next hot spot. The movie needs people to leave, and they fucking leave. That's that's the way it happens. So that pretty much uh, rounds it out for Valentine. But before we go, of course, we have to play Choose Your Own Death Venture. And that is where we decide of the deaths presented in this film. If you were forced to die that way, which one would you choose and why? Up for bid, you have throat slashed while you're in a body bag. You have uh, arrow through the gut and then fall several stories into a trash bin. You have axe in the back. You have beaten with a hot iron. You have uh, be drilled uh, and then electrocuted in a jacuzzi. Have your face shoved into broken shower glass after you've defenestrated through it. And then you have shot uh, to death. And also uh, head cut off. 
head cut off. And we don't really know how that maid dies. Um, again, all white people. <laughs> this movie, with two exceptions. It's just, just the lily whitest movie you've ever fucking seen in your life. Yes. Um, and so, Gina, uh, what say you? I was going to say Axe in the Back because it seemed to be the quickest death. Um, he definitely passes out. Yeah, he's just fast. like he's like, and then like falls over. He's done. For. Yeah. Um, but I'm a big, big fan of the award winning movies, mm-hmm. and and I do. I, I find the death of Boromir a particularly moving moment in cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, in honor of Boromir, I'm going to take several arrows to the chest. <laughs> You're going to have to suffer through almost all of that art installation. Yeah, you know what? I I live in New York. I've seen some shitty art. Okay. (laughs) You're not coming into this blind. No, no, no. I bought my ticket. I know what I'm getting into. I know what I'm getting into. At least you have a hard hard exit out. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the benefit you got going for yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm going to choose the one the one death that I didn't actually mention there. Uh, and that is I'm going to die the way Detective Murder Daddy did with, by having your head cut off and it landing in a koi pond. Cause that's, Only cause, to surprise cause, me. Because that's showmanship. Yeah, because my head bops up at just the least possible second. I mean, it's great. <laughs> like there's a rock holding it down. I'm not sure what. Um, but somehow pulling a paper out of water causes it to bloop to the surface. <laughs> uh, that just about does it. Uh, Gina, where can people find you on these here internet? I am a writer and editor over at the school. That's the school.net. I a highlight of this week is I reviewed St. Maud. Oh, which is fucking creepy. And, and, I will be, I guess I could spoil it for our Patreon listeners. That is going to be our next Patreon episode. Yes. So you'll look for that. I am also working my way through uh, the Crow series. (laughs) Uh, God help my soul. Uh, It is the, um, it is the very definition of diminishing returns. (laughs) And I'm only in, I've only watched the second one so far. Oh, the the man! But, but I can look, a, but I can look forward to the fourth one, which features David Boreas <laughs> and Tara Reid as just as Satan worshippers. <laughs> Satan worshippers. Tara Reid walks around like like she's at a music festival. It's very yeah. yeah weird. She's got that uh um, what the hell they call it? The, the music quest. Yeah, uh, Coachella. She got that Coachella like headwear. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, and, oh, and I'm also on Twitter under porcelain seven two. Do it today, people. Check it out. Of course, you can find us on Patreon. We're going to be talking about St. Maud this month. We've got lots of cool things. We talked about chips last month. Uh, we're really all over the place. Uh, you know, we're on Twitter and Facebook. stuff. Next week, we got a special episode for you. I'm not going to spoil it, but if you've been listening for a while, I think you can quite kind of figure it out based on what's premiered on television this week. But I won't say it specifically. But yeah, we're going to talk. We have to talk about it. It's a dish by dish special. Uh, and that just about does it. Don't worry, folks. The body count will continue for myself and for Gina. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.